Hello, and welcome to Foul Puck, a podcast about sports ball for the rest of us. Unlike other sports ball podcasts, we talk about sports without assuming you out there in listener land know everything there is to know about book talk and... Go! I'm, I'm sorry, Joe. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Worth every minute. <laughs> today is July 31st, and I am Rachel, your baseball guru. And today I am joined uh, in the cherry orchard by... Uh, I'm Rebecca. I'm your director of hockey operations. And in the blurry vacuum of space. <laughs> <laughs> it's a blurry treehouse. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> it's too blurry I. To tell. Uh, <laughs> Nancy and I had a good title last time and now I forgot. Oh, I think I was the Baroness of Basketball. But this week I I am the, You're the fortress uh, Sultaness of, footy. of soccer. I'm the the what of footy? Fortress? Fortress? No, I don't think I'm that strong on it actually. <laughs> um but I'm here to talk about soccer. So like that's what we're doing today cuz it's summer league time and nobody cares about summer league. Okay, you want to start us off with some soccer talk? Sure, that would be a great place to start. So it is the, not quite the middle of, but getting to the middle of the Women's World Cup this year, um, which is happening in Australia and New Zealand. And so far it has been really great and really cool. Uh, I have caught a few games, but a lot of them are kind of overnight for us. So that's been a little bit of a challenge. Yeah. Uh, But the ones I've managed to watch have been quite a bit of fun. And one of the things that's most exciting so far is that um, the games have been really good and there have been a lot of unpredicted results, which uh, if you follow sports at all, not only is it more exciting to watch games when the results are are unpredictable, but it also means that the sport is healthier, right? Mm-hmm. So you may remember in 2019, there was a whole hullabaloo because the U.S. came out and beat, I want to say it was Thailand 13 to 0, right? Mm-hmm. And it was a whole like, oh, this poor Thai team, they don't have the skills and the equipment and the development. They should never have been up against such a strong team, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And the whole, the the counter argument to that is that you need to bring on new teams into the highest level of the sport in order for them to get the development yeah. uh, and, right. and the experience. Right. So this year they expanded the number of teams in the women's world cup. We're up to 32 now, which is the same as the men's. Um, and which meant an additional eight teams were added from 2019. I think before I, I think in our last episode, I said it was doubled. I was wrong. Previously it was 24. Um, how dare you? I know. So it tripled. I I was wrong on the internet. (laughs) Cancel me now. Uh, anyway, we're up to 32. So there was some concern going in. I think that it was going to be another sort of like round of, a bunch of underpowered teams who were kind of you know, getting shit kicked. Uh, yeah, exactly. And that has not happened. That's awesome. <laughs> so yeah. it is really awesome. And in fact, some of them have been doing the shit kicking, in fact, which is great fun. Um, so as a U.S. fan, it's a little scary because used to be the U.S. was just by far 
the best team around and you know there were a few people behind you know fairly close behind but then a big drop off right and that is not the case anymore there are quite a few teams who are a threat to the u.s which is great for the sport yeah but a little nervous making for the fans (laughs) so um and you're not gonna watch the next game at midnight tomorrow i don't think so I don't think I can do it. We'll see how I feel. But I, if Wednesdays weren't busy for me, I would think about it. But Wednesdays are a busy day for me. So I don't know if I want to be doing Wednesday on like five hours of sleep. That seems. So the yeah, US is playing the, the last group in the last team in their group, right? Right. Right. So we're still in the group stage. Right. We're still in the group. So we're finishing up the group stage. Some of the groups have finished and it has been determined who moves on. Some of them have not. The U.S.'s group is not yet determined and the U.S. is potentially at risk for not moving on. Probably they will. Um, they're playing Portugal. Um, but you never know. You just never know. Um, as has been proven a few times. <laughs> playoffs are this- chaos. Because yep. playoffs are chaos. So, for example, Canada, who is the uh, previous Olympic gold medal team from, what was it, 2021 when we did Summer Olympics? I don't remember. Um, got eliminated. They are not advancing out of the group round. Wow. Oh, dang. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's a thing. Yikes. Um, yeah. So, there have been some real upsets. Uh, the most notable game so far for the U.S. has been against the Netherlands. This was the final... The finals matchup of the 2019 World Cup was U.S.-Netherlands and U.S. won. And so the U.S. played the Netherlands again in the group stage, which was always going to be interesting. And it was a draw. Um, So that, you know. Yeah, I did see that game. It was interesting. It was an interesting game. Um, There have been some criticisms of how the U.S. women's team is playing. Uh, Largely that, as I understand it, And keep in mind, I'm very much a rookie soccer fan. But my understanding is that the main complaints are that the coach has kept sort of cycling lineups. So there's he hasn't settled on any one lineup. And that means that people aren't super comfortable playing with each Uh other yet. Um, And the other main complaint is basically playing sort of stuffy, sort of formal stuff. patterns i guess um and that he's not utilizing all the players to their maximum advantage now especially in something like a world cup it's real easy (laughs) to sit on the couch and tell the coach what they should be doing and i don't know soccer well enough to judge whether those criticisms are correct or not um but it's definitely been interesting to watch them do you know anything about um the coaching selection not really. Okay. Um, the current coach is a guy named Vlatko Andonovsky, who has been their coach for a while. Um, Can we just say that uh, when I, I watched the, the game that you saw in person, I was watching on TV, and I was like, who are these two guys that keep talking about Vladko and Donovsky? <laughs> 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 and they kept, well, they kept showing, I'm sure it was a coach and an assistant coach, but I was Something, like, yeah. oh, there they are, Vladko and Donovsky sitting next to each other. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's so funny. Okay, yeah, you're right. So he's been their manager. Oh, so he's been their manager so like for a long time. Something. Yeah, um, he's been the and he's, he's been the coach for a little while. Since 2019, 2019 was the coach. Yeah. yeah. So 
I know that there, I was seeing online uh, some, some people talking about how there was, it sounds like there was a woman who is probably a former player who was maybe either up for the same job or people wanted her to be up for the same job and they went with Flacco instead. And people like to rehash that every time things don't go the way they want them to go. Um, Yeah. Uh, so host nations are Australia and New Zealand. That's been a big thing. Uh, New Zealand did, uh, win their first world cup match. They had never won a world cup match before. So that was really nice. They have unfortunately been eliminated. So now they are also the first world cup, uh, team to be eliminated, uh, world cup host team to be eliminated in the group stage. My understanding is this is not unexpected, um, but it's too bad. But but they won a game at home, which they had never done before. So good for them. Uh, and also, if you uh, want to get into being a fan, they are called the Football Ferns. And their jerseys have like really cool New Zealand fern print all over them. It's very neat. Um, so that's fun. Australia had been just shit in the bed. Um, but with reason, they had at least three of their major players out injured, uh, including Sam Kerr, uh, who I am morally obligated to root for much (laughs) as I am Uncle Steve. We're going with Uncle Steve and Cousin Sam. Um, So Cousin Sam is injured, hoping to be back any minute. Um, They also had a couple other major players. and, And Sam Kerr is like, apparently like the best player on the Australian team. I've heard of her before. Yeah, um, I've heard the name, so yeah, <laughs> probably so she, exactly. <laughs> right. Um so Australia was not doing well. They lost a couple games, but then they came back out uh and won their most recent one by quite a bit. Uh I want to so, say 4-0 maybe. So now they are going to go through. I think it's confirmed. So how do you advance? It's like it's a point system. It's not a double elimination. Yeah, it's, a... it's not. So it's points based and I don't fully understand how the points work. But basically, you, you are get the most in... of them and you <laughs> Right, exactly. There are four teams <laughs> Thanks each thanks group. for clearing that up, Rachel. Thank you. <laughs> it is a sports podcast. We do need to uh clarify Hey, we're back something. to basics, you know. There this are is not four like teams... whose line where the points don't matter. No, the points do matter, unfortunately. So there are four teams in each group. Everybody plays everybody. And then it's, you know, who gets the most points? You get more points if you win a game than if you draw. If if you're tied with points, then uh, it's based on goal differential. So like how many goals you score matters too. Versus the other teams, yeah. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. And then if that's the same, then it's who won, you know, the game of you versus the person you're tied with. So Oh really? They do goal differential first and then Yeah, I believe that's so. Yeah. So in uh so group A is decided, uh Norway and Switzerland uh progress. Norway was another one who just was shit in the bed real early and then managed to pull it together. The Philippines uh are an interesting team. So they're in their first World Cup. Uh, And one of the things that I thought was really interesting about them is that their team of 23 players, I believe 22 of them are uh, are foreign born. So they put together an extremely diasporic team. Do you mean Uh, foreign born as in not born in the Philippines? Thank you. Yes. Um, But 
like Filipino and family heritage, but yes. not born. Okay. Yes. So have a parent who was from the Philippines. Okay. Um, including a lot of them from the U.S. And so it was interesting uh, seeing slash hearing them talk about this a bit um, because there were some interviews talking about like, what does it mean to you to be playing for the Philippines? You know, how, how do you, how does this feel for your Filipino identity? Stuff like that. I feel like we're getting a lot more of that in sports these days. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember, Oh, I mean, it's been uh, done Suni... for the Olympics for right. A while. Yeah, I was thinking of Suni Lee in uh, gymnastics when she won in in I don't remember what year the Olympics were twenty twenty one, where she's she's Hmong and was talking about what it meant to be the first Hmong uh, gold medalist, uh -huh. you know, which is super cool. But she's American, right? Like she's Hmong American, right? Um, so the Philippines team being so heavily diasporic was an interesting conversation. Um, they will not be advancing, but they did good. Um, they won a game in their first uh, debut time in the World Cup. Group B, Australia, Ireland, Nigeria, Canada. Uh, so Australia and Nigeria are advancing. Nigeria came out and spanked everybody, which was terrific. Um, and especially terrific because there are a few different teams that are having problems with their federation and with their coaching and Nigeria is one of them so there was a lot of question about how prepared they were going to be and whether they were going to be able to put up a good showing the answer is yes <laughs> yes they can and they will um oh Rebecca has figured out what it has taken me days to not get around to figuring out please explain <laughs> points to us Rebecca uh, so this is from a New York Times article. Uh, each team plays the other three teams in its group. You get three points for a win, one point for a draw, and then zero points for a loss. Um, the two teams with the most points in each group advance to the next round. Um, mm -hmm. If they are tied, the first tiebreaker is the goal differential, which is what we talked about. It's the number of goals more that you have scored than the other team. And then... Um, the next tiebreaker is the most goals scored overall in group play. So if the team is tied for a number of points and they're tied in goal differential, then it's whoever scored the most goals in the group play. Wait a minute. How is that different from goal differential? Uh, because, because I might I might win all of my games by one point. Uh, and then I, that means I have three goals scored in group play. Um, mm -hmm. Or excuse me. And then, okay. So the first tiebreaker is goal differential just between in the game between the two no. teams. No. So no. so if I score, <laughs> if I win a game six to five, my goal differential is one, but I have scored six goals. So if the other oh, team okay. won one to nothing, okay. their differential is gotcha, one, gotcha, gotcha. but their goals are also one. Yeah. Um, and I believe after that, if somehow it gets to another tiebreaker, then it's who won the game between the two tied teams. That would make sense. Yeah. Uh, so Australia, Nigeria, moving on. Uh, Group C, Spain, Costa Rica, Zambia, and Japan. Japan is looking real good. Uh, Zambia also put up a really good showing. Um, I think they did win a game and I think that it is their first time in the World Cup. So good job, Zambia. Uh, Spain managed to squeak through. Uh, so Japan and Spain are moving on. But 
boy, they don't look good. So that's going to be a challenge. Um, in uh, Group D, uh, it's not yet decided. Uh, we've got England, Denmark, China, and somebody else that I'm not finding. Group E, which is the U.S., also still undecided. U.S., Vietnam, Netherlands, and Portugal. Vietnam, I believe, is not is is definitively out, but the U.S.A., the Netherlands, and Portugal are still up in the air as to who is going to move forward. Yeah, and the U.S. Uh, can can advance if they win or draw against Portugal, yes, or exactly. if the Netherlands lose. Right. The Netherlands losing against Vietnam is a real stretch. Yeah. Um, so the U.S. really need to win or draw. Yeah. Preferably win. Yes. <laughs> so that yeah, would be good. Because also, if they draw they and the Netherlands mm-hmm. wins, they will have fewer points than the Netherlands. They won't finish first in their group, which means they don't get, like, quote-unquote, home field advantage or mm-hmm. whatever there is. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You want to win your group if you can. Yeah. That is definitely mm-hmm. always the goal. Uh Wait, the goal is to win. Should I be writing this down? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, group <laughs> F: France, Jamaica, Brazil, and I want to say Panama. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, also undecided, I believe. Yep. yep. Uh, group G: Sweden, South Africa, Italy, and Argentina. Uh, Sweden's looking pretty good too. Sweden uh, has qualified, according to CBS Sports. Have they officially? Yeah. Oh, good! You found a better diagram <laughs> than I have. Good job! <laughs> I found a list. Uh, oh, you found a list. I was googling for a list. I could not find yeah. a list. Love it. Yeah. So Sweden uh, has six points. So they've clinched their group. They've clinched. Okay. Um, and I think the biggest win so far, like the biggest goal differential win out of all the games, has been about has been like six to oh six to one so we have not had any like true i mean that's still kind of a blowout in soccer but we haven't had any true blowout had any football scores no exactly yeah um group h germany morocco colombia and korea um south korea morocco also in their first world cup uh, and in fact has the uh, first hijabi player to play at the at the senior level in a world competition. So that's cool. And I believe they also won a game, uh, which is nice. Good for them. The Atlas Lionesses. So, uh, so this, this article, yes, they, Morocco has won a game. They can win. They can still win the group. Yeah. If they beat, wait a minute. Oh, they have to beat Colombia and Germany has to draw or lose. Um, South Korea, apparently, they have zero points, but they can still advance if they beat Germany by five or more goals. Mm-hmm. I mean, Which is unlikely. unlikely. <laughs> yes. But, but I, Colombia. I love that kind of an, stuff. Yeah. And Co- Colombia, in an upset, yeah. uh, beat Germany, which was, uh, Germany is one of the maybe top three teams going into this. So that's super unexpected. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. So those are the groups. Um, let's see. We talked about New Zealand. We talked about the Australians, the Philippines, Nigeria. Um, yeah, there have been a lot of upsets, which hilariously, so my company is doing a sort of like prediction bracket thing. I am not, well, I'm not doing terribly. I think I'm I'm solidly in the top half. I might be in the top third. But a uh, shout out to podcast listener Benny, 
who is currently <laughs> seventh out of like 60. Oh, dang. And uh, yeah, 34th out. Of, that's in our like our departmental right. thing, right? And then out of the whole shebang, he's like 34th out of like 300. Okay, so but like, that's also, that's amazing that your company has a pool yeah. for oh, it's super women's good. sports. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, first of all, it's a European company, so they care about soccer. Okay, that helps. <laughs> that helps. But but it, it's still it's good. Still cool. I'm still happy yeah. about it. There's a whole website. It's like really interactive. It's like it updates every day. You can change your predictions. Wow. It gives you the table. Yeah. Yeah, 10 out of 10. I will shout out my company for that. That was a good job. I'm very happy nice. they're doing it. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I... Th- well, two things I thought were really interesting as well. Um, so there has been a whole series of ads from Nike featuring the women's players, and some of them have been super cool. Um, it's really the sort of thing that I love to see. I mean, fuck capitalism, like as our general pod principle, we, we, we agree, Mm -hmm. but given that we live in the capitalistic hellscape, I'm happy to see some of the money going toward women athletes as well. Um, so if you haven't checked out the Nike, uh, women's world cup ads, I definitely recommend it. There's a great one with Dabina, who's a, a Brazilian, uh, footballer, uh, Megan Rapino of the U S has a terrific animated ad, which is super fun. There's a um, Chinese player, I believe. There's a Norwegian player. There's seven or eight of them, I want to say, overall. Um, and they're super fun. They're really well done, uh, you know, clearly important ads. So I like that a lot. That's they awesome. Very good. Yeah. And another thing that comes up a lot uh, is you know, who is going to these games? Who is watching these? Does anybody care about the Women's World Cup? And I am here to tell you that the the ticket selling goal that was set for this Women's World Cup was exceeded within the first five days. Hot damn. Nice. Yes. (laughs) The answer is yes, people care. And yes, people are going. The Matildas, which are the Australian team, have played to a sold out crowd of, I want to say, 50 plus thousand. Um, so that's pretty good. Uh, and they have been breaking all kinds of viewership records on Fox, uh, and in South America as well. I want to say the Brazilian, uh, I don't know what channel it is, but the record viewership has been higher in Brazil than for the men's team, which is amazing. Um, I, I think it was Brazil even, you know, officially said work didn't start until after the game was played and so like everybody was allowed to roll into the office at like noon after <laughs> the game they were in was finished so supportive. I'm, I'm pretty sure the the only people <laughs> who think that women's sports don't matter are men who don't watch women's sports i think you're right yeah i think you're right but i mean those are very, the people talking yes, about it it's so. an extremely vocal majority <laughs> it is an extremely yes. vocal majority but they so can that's also been shut really up. cool they can also shut up um so, so far, it's going really well. It's really interesting. Uh, there's been a lot uh, that has, uh, a lot that's happened that seems overall very positive. There was a podcast I listened to, if you're subscribed to The Athletic, you should listen to this, uh, that was an interview with um, a high up Nike person who's in charge of the Nike sponsorship for the Women's World Cup. And 
uh, Meg Linehan, full time with Meg Linehan. Um, I think you might actually be able to listen to it on Spotify as well. Um, talk to her about what they're doing to sort of like work with the female players and work with the um, the teams that the, like the the actual national teams that they support because they they do specifically support a few of the national teams as well. And it was really interesting. I don't get that much into the business side of sports that often, mm-hmm. um, but I. Th- thought it was a really interesting conversation hearing them talk about, you know, what they're, how they're trying to, particularly because in this case, the venues are spread all over Australia and New Zealand. So like how they're trying to provide support at the different venues when the teams are moving around and uh, how they're trying to support individual athletes and get feedback and all of that. It was a really interesting episode. So if that's the sort of thing that at all interests you, I definitely recommend it. Cool. I do like getting into the business side of things because I'm that. I think you would really like this. Yeah, I think you would. So, uh, the name of the podcast again, just for our full full time with Meg Linehan. Um, and you can, I mean, Meg Linehan is probably the top women's soccer commentator in the U.S. Uh, She's been doing it for a long time. Uh, and has a lot of really good information. So I, I'll shout her out in general. But this was a particularly good episode. Um. So of the debut teams in their first World Cup this year, we have Philippines, Vietnam, Morocco, Zambia, Haiti, Panama, uh, Portugal, and Ireland. And it uh, looks like Morocco may move on. Philippines and Vietnam are both eliminated. Zambia, you said that's still an open question. Is that right, Rebecca? Or do no, we they're, out. Li- they're out. They're out. Okay. Panama's also out. Ireland is out. Portugal could go through if the U.S. whiffs it. <laughs> but at least Morocco could go through, which is always cool when you get a debut team making it out of the group stage. That would be really neat for them. Well, so actually, so if the U.S. and Portugal draw, the U.S. Mm. can make it and Portugal can make it. Oh, um, really? Yeah, okay. Portugal needs... But the Netherlands would have to whiff yes. to Vietnam, yes. right? So yeah, either okay. the U.S. or the Netherlands have to lose in order for Portugal to go forward. Uh-huh. Okay, well, hopefully the Netherlands will lose and then Portugal <laughs> will go forward. Um, but that would be fine. Uh, so one thing I wanted to talk a little bit about, um, because I found this interesting, and this is... This is another thing where I, I, I know just enough to be dangerous about it. Um, that's the tagline for this podcast. <laughs> we know just enough to be dangerous. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, so talking about how Nike was supporting the women's players, one of the things that they said that I thought was interesting was they are bringing, they have brought a team to custom make and custom fit boots, right? So soccer boots, which they mentioned as a throwaway comment, have only started to be custom designed for women in like the last 10 years or something. Mm -hmm. Until that point, women just wore men's boots. They were just everybody's soccer boots. But now they have started to produce specifically women's boots and then, you know, have brought somebody and the equipment along to like custom fit them. Right. Because you go through a few different pairs maybe in your in your stages. Right. And it's one of those things where, like, 
in in sports generally, I think particularly as the women's game has only in the last you know decade or two started to gain prominence, women spend a lot of time using men's equipment because it's what's available, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes that's fine. Sometimes that you know a hockey stick is a hockey stick is a hockey stick, as far as I know, right? Um, Pretty much. And sometimes it's you know you have a, the women's basketball regulation is smaller than the men's basketball because right. on the whole the people playing in the women's league tend to have smaller hands, right? Right. So it makes it easier to dribble. It makes it easier to shoot, et cetera, et cetera, right? So you start to see some of those differences, but. One of the things that has come up as kind of a controversy in this World Cup is the number of players that are out injured. It's a lot of them. Almost all of the teams have a major player who is out on injury, and a whole lot of those players are out with torn ACLs. And they apparently there was a petition to get... um, the FIFA to allow teams of 26 instead of 23, I guess for the men's Mm. world cup, they had allowed 26 players out of COVID concerns. So it was like you had some extra just in case. Right. right? Mm -hmm. But they refused to do that for the women's game. I guess just decided we've all decided COVID doesn't exist anymore. Right. So we weren't going to do that. For the record is not the stance of this pod. That's just Nancy. (laughs) This pod thinks that COVID still exists, but the world around us seems to not care. Uh, So the Women's World Cup was restricted to 23 players. And one of the arguments uh, that was made was that on behalf of trying to get it to be more was that we are seeing such a rash of ACL injuries. And it seems that women are more prone to ACL tears than men. Now, obviously, men still get them. This is one of the problems Clay Thompson had that he was out for like two years with injury, uh-huh. right? Like they happen. Uh-huh. They do happen. They happen to all genders, right? No question. Are you talking specifically about women soccer players get more ACL yes. tears than, than male soccer players? Yes, or women because, as a whole. Well, part of the problem is we don't know. We don't have the research. That's true. And so not. this is a thing that has come up a lot is that we don't know why. We don't know how, if it's across other sports, um, and we don't know what makes it more likely to happen, right? So in soccer, it seems clear that they do get ACL tears at a higher rate than the men. That is substantiated. Uh We don't know anything else. Uh So one of the things that's really important is to start doing that that data collection, Uh right? Um, and this is true across medicine generally, right? Female bodies are understudied. Uh-huh. The default body is a white straight male body, uh-huh. right? Um, and I think it's such an interesting discussion because, of course, we do have people uh, in the Women's World Cup who do not identify as women, right? We do have at least one genderqueer, openly genderqueer player, uh-huh. Um as far as I know, that person was assigned female at birth, so one assumes that they have what one would typically describe as a woman's body. Right, female right, physiology. In terms of medical, right. But then you get into things like, you know, we've had all of the problems with specifically African women, generally, uh, being singled out for having things like too high, a t- too high a testosterone level and thus not being able to compete as women in track and field in the Olympics and so forth, right? Mm -hmm. So it's this really interesting tension between all human bodies are on a spectrum and you cannot draw a line 
and say, on this side are men and on this side are women, aside from there being people who are neither men or women, right? Like, even if you wanted to draw a line, you can't. Um, Versus things like, we can say generally that people who are, you know, assigned female at birth have that, have the bodies that are assigned female at birth and are playing, you know, soccer with things like, or playing sports generally with Mm -hmm. things like hormonal cycles, right? Mm -hmm. Their physiology is different. And how does that affect it? Mm -hmm. How does bone density, how does your Mm -hmm. muscular skeletal system affect things like ACL tears, Mm -hmm. right? We don't fucking know. But it's a really interesting problem, I think. And it was one of the things I thought was interesting. So with Bay FC, they're talking about building a brand new training facility. And I know the Vegas Aces, the WNBA team recently just built a whole brand new training facility. And part of the discussion is we need to rethink what training looks like for women because so far we've just been doing the same thing as the men and that may not actually be the best thing that produces the best results but we don't know because we've never tried anything else right right? yeah so yeah but it's definitely something that's going to keep coming up at the high level particularly as we keep seeing more and more of these injuries yeah absolutely and i mean to your point about research like it's very common to do basic research with outliers Mm-hmm. And so I think that's, well, I don't know, may I, I could be totally wrong on this, but I suspect that's, that's where, um, we would find the gender nonconforming individuals in this kind mm-hmm. of research. But I think it also speaks to the fact that we don't have enough research, generally speaking, on gender queer, gender yeah. nonconforming individuals. Yeah. Right. Right. And I think it's, you know, the, I find at least one of the challenges in, saying that we need that research and and talking about you know having the conversations about the differences and why there needs to be that research is like obviously none of us are gender essentialists and that's you know you you don't want to get into right well men's bodies are different than women's bodies and so women need you know special breaks and considerations that's not true we don't you know i think none of us would would buy into any of that but at the same time then there are things like Generally speaking, yeah. as a whole, the people who are called women tend to be shorter than the people who are called men. Well, right? Yeah, like that's and there are tr- yeah. you know, and there are generalizations you can make by right. age and uh, exactly biological sex, and those right. are those are different from what is yes. meaningful to the individual. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you you and guys know this. I work at a university. We're a research mm-hmm. one institution. Um, our students, like I see a lot of graduate student work, they are looking at this stuff. They are studying oh, good. minorities, the, they're studying, um, racial minorities, ethnic minorities, gender minorities. Mm-hmm. They are studying mm-hmm. all sorts of this stuff. So like, we're going to start seeing it. And it's not just the graduate awesome. students, but right. I do find a lot more focus on various kinds of minorities in graduate student proposals awesome yeah it is just kind of frustrating that we don't also don't have that research base mm-hmm. just on even if we're mm-hmm. only taking mm-hmm. afab people who identify mm-hmm. as women yeah like we mm-hmm. just we still don't have yeah. that yeah we don't even have that yeah. which would be the most basic building block you know the most basic next step yeah yeah, yeah it's really true 
Yep. Good times. Good times. Uh, so yeah. Was that uh, about what you had to say about soccer? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's been really fun. It's been really interesting to see all of the teams, you know, I mean, my bracket's fucked because we keep getting (laughs) upsets, but like... (laughs) I'm genuinely into it. And like, as much as I am absolutely 100% rooting for the US women's team, there's a little chaos part of me that's oh, like, let's knock out all the yeah. top teams and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Know? So we'll see what we'll see how it goes. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Nancy. Now let's move on to something uh, else. Uh, book talk. Rebecca. Yeah. <laughs> is this a brand new sport? <laughs> god no it's a contact sport <laughs> sometimes that's true um yeah so there's been some some rumblings of drama and some you know depending on what circles of the internet you you reside in some just full-out drama surrounding book talk the seattle kraken and alex wenberg and his family so Alex Wenberg. Who is Alex Wenberg? I will tell you. Yes, yes. You. Alex Wenberg is a player. He's just recently been signed to the Seattle Kraken. The Seattle Kraken is a new hockey team. They started in 2021. Um, they have a really, um, a pretty devoted fan base already, even just after two years. Um, they had a pretty good run in the playoffs this year, um, which was very exciting. Mm-hmm. Their social media team has been active from jump. Um, mm-hmm. They have a team who's really who's pretty internet savvy, who like understands who the people are that they're trying to um, engage with, um, and engages with other team Twitter ed- accounts and and um, Instagram accounts, things like that. And then Book Talk is a subset of TikTok. So for folks who aren't on TikTok, you use hashtags in TikTok, just like you do on Twitter, um, both to kind of like put some subtext on your on your post or to to like identify a particular community that you're in. So any kind of community is just that community name and then talk. So like farm talk. Book talk. Book talk is talk like TikTok, not talk. Correct. It's book T O K. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you've got the caught caught merger there. Yes. Um, yes. So any sort of like group, quote unquote, that you belong in, um, or like audience that you want to find, you basically use the word and then the word talk, T O K. So book talk so, is about books. Is is butt talk about? Don't what go you think in butt talk. About? You okay. will regret your choices. Uh, I have not. <laughs> I mean, I have maybe not discovered butt talk, but there is like lumberjack talk and cake <laughs> talk and all sorts of stuff. So you could probably find what you're looking for, Rachel. Um, so book talk is broadly speaking a community of readers um it's it terrifies me honestly it's it's really not that bad if you're a normal human <laughs> so yeah that's most a, of the yeah. most of the book like i'm i'm quote unquote in normal book human talk. under 25 i'm gonna 
I'm going to say. Um, I don't post anything on TikTok. I just watch things. So the side of book talk that I'm in um, is a lot of fantasy and sci-fi, um, mm-hmm. is a lot of romance. Um, uh, I guess that's that's primarily it. Um, is it reviews? Is it recommendations? Is it all of the above? Yes. Some of it is reviews okay. and recommendations. Some of it is... Um, voiceover artists who do who record audiobooks doing mm. like well, that's fine. you know a snippet from the book and having a reaction mm-hmm. some of it is editors of books having reactions um there is uh so there are a number of like very big book talkers there are people whose mm-hmm. entire platform is um primarily book recommendations and book feelings um, i saw a panel of them at comic-con one oh, year cool um so those are those are the the three like main constituents we have in this story um so back in uh several months ago there was a book talker who had over 1.1 million followers um, she read, she started reading one or some hockey romance books. Um, mm-hmm. there are hockey romance books that are, um, uh, het romance, there are gay romance, there are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. multi-individual romance. Um, mm-hmm. and she read one it's of our these. Our friend Margot is a connoisseur of these, I believe. I haven't read many hockey books. I stick to the fan fiction. And actually, <laughs> the fourth wall comes into play here as well. Yeah, I was going to oh, say, boy. does yeah. it exist here? And so here? <laughs> the fourth wall, for people not in this in this arena, is like the imaginary wall between us, the consumers, and them, the people in the thing. So it's the wall between like us and David Tennant and uh, mm-hmm. Michael Sheen from Good Omens. In right. this, this case, is like... it's the wall between us and like Alex Ovechkin and Alexander Wenberg. Like, let me talk about Alex Ovechkin on my own time in my own little spaces. It never needs to get back to Alex Ovechkin. Right. That fourth yeah. right. wall. And we are all everybody is actually familiar with the fourth wall on some level, right? right. Like if I go to my friend yeah. and I say, you know, who We'll use David Tennant since you mentioned him. David Tennant is the hottest doctor, right? Like, A, wrong. It's Chris Huckleston. But for the sake of argument. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're going to need to have a conversation. <laughs> okay, this is a different podcast. Yeah, that's a different but, podcast, guys. But my point is just, I wouldn't say that to his face, right? To right. David Tennant's this, face. Right. right. This is the fourth wall, right? Like, there are things that are perfectly normal and acceptable to say among Yes. peers right. that you would not then confront the actual person right with. but then social media has dissolved yeah social wall. media has social absolutely extent. has significantly blurred the line of and the has wall. eroded people's understanding of it yes. because i think especially people who have come up on social media have a lot less understanding of and practice of the well yeah wall, i think it's is... i think it's a lack of understanding of and a lack of respect yeah. for yes yeah like so so this book talker, I'm not going to mention her name because it doesn't matter. She has 1.1 million followers and she started making videos about Seattle Kraken players. I believe it started mm-hmm. with a number of 
uh, well, it started generically, she was noticing attractive hockey players, which is a Valid. small minority of the league, for the record. <laughs> Word. Her, You're not wrong. I will, her taste, pretty solid. Um, but she's she then started focusing some of her attention on Alex Wenberg and the Seattle Kraken. And the Seattle Kraken social media team capitalized on this. They noticed her noticing them. You know, she's posting things about the team and about players. She's tagging the team in posts, which is an extremely so common not, thing to do. Not necessarily about books at this point. She's just talking about this hockey player. Well, it started with the books, which then kind of okay. introduced her into hockey reality. And then gotcha. it's, and then over time, it started to turn into a little bit of like fan casting. So mm-hmm. here's the book and here's the real life player who I picture when I read this book as this character. Gotcha. To me. Uh, okay, okay. To me, I think that's, I, I actually think that's perfectly normal. I think that's another thing we probably do all the time. The difference mm-hmm. here for me personally <laughs> is that she's doing this publicly with 1.1 million followers and I'm doing it yeah. with like you two. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but then. Uh, uh, you mean us two as in me and Nancy, not the band fronted by Vaughn. That's correct. I am gotcha. not doing it with the letter I was going to be U, impressed if you were doing it with you two. No, really not. <laughs> uh, not in any sense of the word. Um, so, <laughs> so um, the Kraken started also making little player profile videos that they posted on their TikTok. So it's, you know, slow-mo mm-hmm. videos of the players walking to a game in their suits or like doing warm-ups, sure. which honestly is not that new. Like they do that on Twitter. They do that on Instagram and not just the, the Kraken social media team. Um, but many, many teams right. do this, this kind is of video. Thing. Yeah. But the Kraken's social media presence on TikTok and these videos seem to be at least slightly related to or instigated by this particular book talker and her videos. That's interesting. In um, February, uh, maybe, well, at some point during the latter half of the season, the Kraken actually invited this TikToker to a game and gave her a jersey that said Book Talk uh, on the name oh boy. on the nameplate. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, she she has posted. So I guess one of the things I haven't specified is the nature of her videos. Some of them mm-hmm. were, you know, purely innocent, but many of them were like pretty highly sexualized. I mean, mm. if you've watched hockey players warm up for a game, you know the kind of innuendo one might make watching that happen. I can especially <laughs> imagine watching, well. Yes, especially yes. watching a goalie stretch for a game. Uh-huh. And again, we certainly here's don't where, deal with it ourselves. But no, uh, we would never. No, but again, here's where like I would send you guys a video to be like, look right. at this. I'm not sending it to a, a hundred people, much less a million people. So, like, right, I think and you're not tagging their social media right, in it right. either. Yeah. So there's a there's a difference of scale here. But then also, mm-hmm. like, she was getting very vocal and using particularly sexual language um, mm-hmm. in some of her videos, like specifically having asking 
players to crack her back, which she claims is a play on the Kraken, which may or may not be true, or fine, Uh it's true, but it's also, it's like, it's it's pushing the line just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. So, what what then happened is that folks started sending these videos and making comments Mm -hmm. on Alex Wenberg and his wife's social media. So they're See, like, and you should absolutely never involve their family. Exactly. Anything. Exactly. This never, is a key ever, ever, part ever. of the Any fourth celebrity. Wall. Like, yeah. you don't yeah. tag the person in the video or their family member. They don't yep. need nope. to know about it. And yep. it has turned into weekly and daily comments on their personal social media stuff. That is not okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's rough. And, and... Um, Alex Wenberg's wife, who she does in fact have a name, but I, she's not a public figure, so yeah, so you're right. just not mentioning yeah. it. Um, she's specifically made a statement where she's like, "Guys, I don't, I don't need this to to stop. Like, you can have your thing. I get that my husband is hot, like whatever, but <laughs> stop sending it to me and him directly." Like, yeah. just stop it. Leave us out of it. Uh, which I think is a fair and absolutely reasonable Entirely response. fair. Yes. Yeah, totally. Um, I, I do think it's it's hard to unring that bell, unfortunately. Yes, um, it is. But like, and then Alex Wenberg has spoken up and he's, he's like, I have been media trained my whole life because that's Mm -hmm. what the NHL does. That's what hockey does. And so I have bitten my tongue, but people are making sexualized comments about me on my wife's Instagram and on photos of our child. Yeah, no, not okay. And he's like, can you just stop? Yeah. 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 Um, And now the Kraken have deleted a lot of the TikTok posts that they had with mm-hmm. those individual player mm-hmm. profiles. Um, this so this uh, book talker who's kind of like started this whole thing, she's of course in an understandable tailspin. She feels right. like she has been um, unduly blamed and harassed for this, especially because right. it sounds that like what the Kraken like played into it right it sounds like what she was doing was ill-advised but it got really out of hand beyond her Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um and yeah it's just like there's a lot of there's a lot of shit going on and you know what the the other thing that this book talker said is that she is she feels that she has been singled out for her videos and also because of her race. She is a black woman and um, she has suggested that there are other people doing similar things um, Mm -hmm. who have not been called out in the same way. And you know what? She's probably right. Yeah. Because she just, she just is. Um, Yeah. But at the same time, like people cut it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And then, and, and I, uh, like, I, I can't, I can't decide how I feel about this for 60 seconds because I mean, 
unequivocally feel terrible for the Wenbergs. Like, folks, sure. just stop tagging them in this stuff. Stop making yeah. comments about people. Like, there's something that happens when people get on the internet that many people, like, forget that there's a human behind there. And they say mm-hmm. things on the internet that they would never say to someone's face. And, like, mm-hmm. just, like, maybe maybe just take a pause and think to yourself, mm-hmm. do I actually need Alex Wenberg and his wife to read this comment? Or do I need to right. make this comment to a friend of mine about Alex Wenberg or a dozen right. other hockey players? Well, I mean, this is the thing with celebrity, right? And we've talked a little bit about this in a in a sports context of, like, context of like what you sign away when you become a superstar right like i do think people who are celebrities have to deal with the fact that as a public figure people are going to sexualize you and are going to talk about you and are like that's a part of it but you should still have a reasonable expectation of being treated like a human to your face yes and And to your face to your face includes social media yes it does contact online yeah yes yeah yeah like you do not get to come out and say nobody can, you know, talk about how hot my ass is online. Right. That's not a reasonable. Right. You should be able to say nobody should talk to me about how or hot my, my wife. ass is online. Or my yeah, wife. Yeah. Yes. Or, you know, put it on my children's yeah. photos. Like, and yeah. And I will say, I think there's also something a little bit different here because it's hockey specifically. Because hockey in the U.S. is not super mainstream. Like, Mm. Alex Wenberg could go to any restaurant in the country and not be right. recognized. Right? Sure. Brad Pitt goes to a restaurant, he's going to be recognized. Like right. there are there are actors and models who have made a career about being sexualized. Mm. Right. This sure. man's career is about hockey. And so I think right. I think that's a that's a nuance yeah. here that's important that like he and his yeah. family, like nobody should have to go through this. However, he has been primed to play hockey and to deal with hockey media and not this. As opposed to like Marky Mark in his Calvin Klein days was probably (laughs) having people throw underwear at him all the time. Mm -hmm. And it seems to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like online female hockey fandom is almost has more in in, uh, common with like actor and singer celebrity fandom than other types of sports fandom. I think so. Could be. Cause like football does not have the same. I'm like, I'm sure it's, it's out there, but it doesn't seem to have the same kind of online presence as hockey fandom does. Well, and I wonder how much of that is about race because hockey, yes, as you're a, not wrong, another, as men's yeah, hockey yeah. as a sport is predominantly white. Yep. And the NBA and the NFL and that other league, Mm-hmm. The MLB <laughs> are significantly less white than hockey. Mm-hmm. I suspect that has mm-hmm. something to do with it as well. Yeah. yeah so I'm, sh- I'm sure you're right. So about that. there's no like conclusion to this story. It all mm-hmm. sucks. It's all gross. <laughs> I mean, I think the take home message here is uh, send your dirty thoughts to your friends and not the internet. Privately, on DM. Right. Doesn't have to be posted publicly. Like, I think there's also a difference if, like, I posted a video about Alex Wenberg because I have four followers on TikTok, right? 
I still wouldn't do well, and it. Again, I still wouldn't do it I because like... I think there's a wall. There should be a wall there. There should be a break there. Also, if I'm going to post it, I'm not going to tag him in it. Um, yeah, I feel like that's the key piece for me. Like, it's one thing, even if we're talking about hugeness of numbers, it's one thing to, like, go on your platform in my personal blog and say, you know, I think Chris Eccleston is attractive, right? right? Or, like, we need a sports player. I think, who do I think? I don't know. Yeah, whoever. I think Megan Rapino is hot as balls, right? Like I mean, that's is. just objectively true. Exactly. <laughs> Although she, but if she I put might, it on my, she might object to being compared to balls. She plays soccer. I don't know. She, anyway, anyway. Subert is even better. Subert is the real. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, posting it on my blog, even if I have a million followers, like, I would like to think I would think better of it, depending on how large my follower count is. But, well, but you also, have I to... still think there's a difference between doing that and then tagging. Yes, yeah. yeah. agreed. But when you have a million followers, there's also a significantly better chance that. That 20% of your followers are going to yes. tag that person. Yes. And like, I think that's a level of responsibility we don't yes, think about. I think that's true. On social media. I think that's true. And so yeah. I'm not trying to say that this is all this book talker's fault because I think no. a lot of shit got out of hand here. Um, yes, it sounds and I like think it. it's, I think it's, um, what's the right word? I think it's. And it, um, it really sounds like the Kraken yes. exacerbated the issue. Exactly, exactly. I think it's naive to suggest that the Kraken social media team had nothing to do with this either. Right. Yeah. Um, It's disingenuous. That's the word I was looking for, Mm -hmm. for them Mm -hmm. to try to claim that they had nothing to do with this Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because they're the ones who invited her to a game. So that's, that's kind of, they're clearly endorsing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a reinforcement that this is good behavior. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway. So that's just been kind of, like I've seen this story reach outside of hockey fandom and outside of book talk, which kind of makes me feel like it's worth talking about. Totally. No, that's super yeah. interesting. Yeah. I had seen tiny flickers of it yeah. and was like, Hmm, you yeah, know how you're there like, was, there was drama, but I didn't know what it. Yeah. Was. It's the sort of equivalent of like seeing smoke on the horizon, you know, it's yeah. like, hmm, <laughs> what's going on over there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, we can amuse ourselves by thinking of the meeting that at some point took place between the gray-haired hockey higher-ups and the interns (laughs) and had to explain to them what a book talk was. Nice. That that is a fun image. That's a good point. I like it. Yeah. So so that's that's the drama that I bring to you today. Excellent drama. Well done. Thank you. Yeah. And the take-home message is just leave Alex Weinberg and his wife alone. Valid. I will do my best. Yeah. If you have anything to say to or about him, you can say it to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, we did this whole thing without me looking up a picture of, of uh, oh, Alex yeah. Lundberg. Good Wait, point. no, you, but you can't look him up. See, this is, this is one of the, oh, the okay. key problems. I mean, not just because it's Alex Winberg, but when you look up a player, you get their player headshot and their player Which, headshots are like all a universally terrible. Yeah. So yeah, I will happily true. via text later, give you a visual rundown. Okay, Please do. Thank you for that, Rebecca. You're welcome. I will take that one for this team. All right. We got anything else uh, for this episode? I don't. I got nothing. All right. And I guess there's been baseball. I don't know. That's <laughs> <Some> other shit. <laughs> Somewhere. Yeah. I think even some of the, uh, the owners are mad about the A's moving to Vegas, oh, but nice. we'll see. Uh, that could just all be 
I'm sure. Seems like something they might have some control over. Yeah, the the owners still have to vote on whether uh, the A's are allowed to move. And the owners are, well, the owners are mostly pissed because apparently there's a huge fee for mm, moving mm-hmm. a team. I guess so people don't do it all the time. <laughs> and um, the they've completely waived that fee for the A's. So oh, like, no, damn. You have to pay it. Oh, shit. I'd be, oh, shit. I'd be pissed if I was an owner yeah. of another team. Yeah. Yeah. How come I don't, ha- I have to spend my billions of dollars and these people don't? I mean, that's still, wild like, pocket change yeah i mean i i go back and forth between wanting to know exactly what's going on and realizing that i have absolutely no control over it and it's just gonna make me angry uh-huh. that's valid fair so yeah i'm in the latter phase right about now uh we'll see what happens <laughs> best happens. of luck yeah, yeah. who knows <laughs> All right. Well, Rebecca, will you tell the people where they can find us? I would absolutely love to. Uh, for now, we are still at Gmail at foulpuckpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, Instagram at foulpuckpodcast, Twitter at foulpuckpod. Uh, mm-hmm. And we are, our website is foulpuckpod. Our website is foulpuckpodcast.net. Listen, it is getting really hot here. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't have the air on Valid. so that it doesn't cause background noise. I think my brain oh, is melting. All right, well, we better wrap up before we're back. <laughs> All right, I would like to thank Joe for listening to me scream into a microphone and making it <laughs> audible for the rest of you. And I would like to thank, thank uh, Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for our music. <laughs> I would like to encourage everybody to uh, rate and review in order to get us out of the group stage. Uh, give us some points uh, so that we can move <laughs> on to the round of 16. <laughs> Love it. Tell your friends. Tell your fans. Uh, yeah. We'll be back again soon. Yep. All right. Thanks, everybody. And remember, Nancy is absolutely wrong about the hottest Doctor Who, and we are going to take this off mic right now. Oh, oh, controversy. <laughs> Oh shit, here it goes. Play us out, Joe. Shh, I'm podcasting.